I want us this morning to focus on the, the title, Finishing Well, or you may want to call it Maintaining Your Form. I'm using John 4 and Acts 20 as our anchor scriptures. In John 4:34, reading from the New King James Version, it reads as follows, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus not only wanted to start the work of God, but he wanted to finish the work of God. In Acts chapter 20, from verse 22 to verse 24, it reads, this is Paul speaking. He says, and see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Paul is clearly saying that he wants to finish his race with joy. That should be our goal in everything we do to finish what we start. Like I said, even in our country now, we are at lockdown level two. We will go to level one and finally we will then be totally out of any form of lockdown. It's important that as we go towards the finish line that we take certain precautions and make sure that we finish well and we maintain our form. Even on a spiritual level, if you started out on a spiritual journey now during the lockdown, I want to ask you, please don't give up on those disciplines the day we're out of lockdown. If you've cultivated habits of reading the Bible, praying, meeting together as a family, communicating, whatever the case, do not let those habits slip by. Make sure you maintain those habits. In our Christian walk, so unfortunate that we see people in the process of everything, walking away from God and not finishing. Sometimes people start businesses and they don't finish. You start programs, enterprising, become very enterprising in programs and people don't finish. People start a church and they don't finish. People enroll and they don't finish. Whatever the reason, we should inculcate that habit inside of us to be finishers. I love the story of Semi. Wanjiro of Kenya. He's a long distance runner who made history in 2008 at the Olympics uh, 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 in Beijing. Semi born November 1986, unfortunately passed on on the 15th of uh, May 2011, just at the age of 24. Semi won the marathon at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. He was only 21 years old, and the day was this, uh, Sunday, the 24th of August 2008. He actually set a new world record by running and completing the marathon in two hours, six minutes, and 32 seconds. 
Many people expected the Beijing Olympics marathon to be slow as runner after runner they knew would succumb to the pollution and the heat and the, and the humidity. And so what happened is that at the start of the race, when the leaders took off at close to, at close to about world record pace, a number of the top runners, when they reached five kilometers, decided to slow down the pace. They felt that it would be suicidal for them to maintain that pace, so they backed off, hoping to run at a slower and evil, even pace. In, unfortunately, these tactics didn't work well this time. They did work well in the past Olympic marathon, but on this particular day, Sammy had other plans. He had prepared himself in these conditions. He had gone to Beijing ahead of time, made sure he acclimatizes, made sure he, he, he does all that is necessary. So when the day dawned, it was a clear day that day for Beijing. And he was very confident that he could run as a, at a fast pace all the way to the end. With little over six kilometers to go, uh, one by one, the hopes of these athletes melted in the heat. Wanjiro, on the other hand, he did what he never did before. He pulled away at that final challenge, dropping his last uh, opponent as he picked up the pace. He ran smoothly. He was relaxed, strong, maintained form. And as he entered the stadium, there was a large crowd that started uh, 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 that, that started actually making a lot of noise and applauding him. He raced into the stadium, raising his arms to even applaud himself. The crowd roared, cheered him on and Sammy celebrated the last half of, of the kilometer on the track by raising his hand. He finished well, maintained his form till the end. My question this morning is that, can you learn from that to finish well in your walk with God? Many times people lose form in their process. No wonder Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Paul is saying, even if I'm going to Jerusalem, bound as I am, even if there can be things that can come my way that can try to disturb me in what I am doing, I am prepared to finish my race. Finishing well and maintaining form is something that the Bible emphasizes so much so in Scripture. Therefore, we need to be resolute in our hearts that whatever task we engage in, we finish well and we keep our form to the end. There are different ways that the Bible tells us of finishing. And there are different ways that we read about in the Bible. The first way of finishing is being cut off early. This is where people don't finish at all. We read the example of Samson, who probably was one of the greatest leaders that lived at this time. Unfortunately, what Samson did, he didn't exercise caution in the way he carried his life. He betrayed himself by telling Delilah what the secret of his strength was. And then his eyes were gouged out and the enemy defeated him. His life ended up as one who was entertaining the Philistines and finally he died with them as he brought the buildings down. Because of the way his life ended, at least we are comforted by the fact that even if he didn't finish well and he was cut off early, at the end of his life, he did remember God and go back to God. But, you know, his life was cut off early. And so sometimes we can start off in our lives and just never get there. 
Secondly, there are those who finish, but they finish poorly. You know, there's many ways of finishing. King Saul in the Bible is one of the saddest stories that we read about. It's amazing that when he started out with God choosing him, God chose him because he was head and shoulders above everybody. God chose him because it was God's will for him to lead God's people. Unfortunately, he ended up a defeated man, a desperate man who lost his throne, lost his son, and lost his legacy. His name today, when you read it in the Bible, is synonymous with poor leadership because he haunted and persecuted God's chosen successor, his own son-in-law, David. Saul did not even come close to finishing well. And so you see his failure, when you read it in the Bible, it is well so chronicled. And unfortunately, if you study his life, you will learn how not to finish. He was a man of great talent, a man of great stature, God's choice, and it was God's will for him to do what he did, but he finished poorly. Thirdly, there are those we read about in the Bible who finish so-so. I know that might not be good English, but there are people who finish so-so. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul talks to the Christians in Galatia, and he is lamenting the fact that even though he gave them a good start in the process, they imported other things into the teachings of Christianity. He says, I don't know how you learned Christ that now you who having started in the spirit, you want to finish in the flesh. He's saying, why is it that now, even when you were taught the right doctrines, you are importing other things into the very doctrines that you have been taught? Unfortunately, sometimes that's what people do. People start out having learned about God, having learned certain principles, but in the process, they import other things that have got nothing to do with the gospel. And Paul is saying, I am so sad that you started well, but you didn't finish well. And he, he even goes further to even ask them and say, Mara, I want to know who has bewitched you. That you started well, but here you are. And sometimes, you know, we get into that space where people start well, but in the process, they add other things. They start off believing God, believing God's word, praying to God. But in the process, we can add other things that have got nothing to do with God. And these things are the things that hinder us from following God. But then, thankfully, there are those who finish well, even though their start was not great. I'd love for you to hear that. It's possible that even if your start might not be the greatest of starts, you can finish well. When you read the story of Jacob, the Bible tells us that at birth, the reason he was given that name Jacob is because when he was born, he was born holding on to his brother's heel. That's why the name Jacob. In fact, that name meant heel grabber, supplanter. I mean, he's born already on day one. This guy, already. You can see his eyes running as a baby. And so his start wasn't the greatest. Then we read his story and you see some of his indiscretions, things that he did that were really not great. He cheats, he lies, he does all kinds of things. Yet, God somehow knew that this guy is going to be changed and is going to be different. 
God doesn't even mind being called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob, in many ways, when he started, he wasn't a very spiritual man. But at the end, he became a very spiritual man. And so we find him coming to that place where he had an encounter with God. And when he had an encounter with God, the Bible tells us that his character was changed and therefore his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And so it's an amazing thing when you read later about this man, Jacob. You see him at a latter part of his life, leaning on his staff, worshiping. And when Joseph brought him before Pharaoh, Jacob also discerned that Joseph was Ephraim, even though the younger children uh, didn't recognize who Joseph was. We find that this Jacob, in everything he did, though his start was not that good, but his end was good. What about a man by the name of Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10? Very interesting that his name alone wasn't such a great name. The reason he was called Jabez is because his mother gave birth to him in pain. The mother said, I'm going to call you Jabez because all I know about you is you have brought pain. But what does this man do? This man decides, you know, I may not have had such a great start, but you know, in life, how you start does not seal your destiny at all. In God, your start might not be the greatest, but I can tell you, you don't have to end like your start has predicted. You don't have to be stuck with things that belong to the past, with people and things that tell you that your life has to go in a certain direction. And so Jabez prays in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, and he says to God, Oh, that you might bless me. Oh, that you might be merciful to me and that you might bless me and change me and make things different in my life. The same can be true for you, my dear friend. Maybe you look around at your life, you look at the home you come from. Maybe you may not be proud of what happened in your past. But let me tell you, in God, it's not just how you started. It's how you involve God in the journey of your life. This same God is able to do in your life what no one else can do. Number five, there are those as well who finish well and finish strong. We've read about that. Jesus finished strong. At the end of his life, in John 17, he prays and says, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me. The apostle Paul also finished well, and he knew it. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, this is what he says. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Paul has finished well because he writes about his life. He, he explains what he did in 2 Corinthians 9.27. He says, you know what I do? I beat my body. I make my body to be a slave to me so that after I have preached to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Paul is saying, as I am racing to the finish line, I don't want to lose form. As I'm racing to the finish line, I don't want to get into behaviors of lack of discipline and do something that's going to cost me to be disqualified. Paul is saying, I am defying the urge 
to give up and I'm going to go all the way and make sure that I finish what God has in my life. So we need to make sure and make that determination we are going to finish what God has given in our lives. Our Lord Jesus modeled that. We see Jesus, he did all things well when he was here on earth. And that includes even the way he died. No wonder in John 17 he prayed and said to God, I have brought glory on earth to your name by completing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus knew why he came and he stayed true to his purpose. He finished his work and trusted himself to the Father, died on the cross, which seemed like failure at the close of his life. But the Bible says that was the reason he came. For this purpose, the Son of Man came that he might destroy the works of the devil. When he was at Gethsemane, he came so close to changing his mind about going to the cross. At Gethsemane, he almost gave up. But then he said, you know what? Even if the, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, I'm going to go on with God's will and I'm going to finish. And Jesus finished well. Paul also finished well and he knew it. And this is what he writes in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to us on that day. And not to me also, but to all those who love his appearing. Paul finished well. I like also the story of the Canaanite woman. Unfortunately, we don't know what her name is. This woman is such a great example of finishing well and maintaining form. In Matthew 15, in verse 21, it reads as follows. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to Jesus saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed. Verse 23, it says, but Jesus did not answer her. And his disciples come to Jesus and they urge him saying, send her away. She's crying out after us. But Jesus answered and said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Watch what this woman does in verse 5. It says, then she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. Now note. But Jesus answered and said, it's not good for me to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Verse 27. And the woman said, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. When Jesus said, heard this, he answered and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is a woman who's not going to give up on her prayers. She's not going to turn back because she started on a spiritual journey and it looks like the outcome is not what she is expecting. She's going to push on. She's going to finish well. She is going to maintain form. We need to make sure that when we start out on a journey, we must make up our minds. Whatever the obstacle on the way, whatever comes our way, we are determined to finish. In other words, we need to develop the habit of finishing in sports, 
In certain sports, they call it follow through. If you look at a sport like cricket, if you look at a sport like golf, tennis, some of those sports where they use some apparatus or a stick, even soccer, when they, when they kick the ball, there's a way in which you kick the ball and they'll tell you, you have to make sure that you have what they call follow through. When you have follow through in cricket, that's why you'll be able to hit a six. When you have follow through in cricket, that's why your swing will be great. But unfortunately, there are times when people stop follow through. As I said, maybe during the lockdown, you developed certain good habits of reading the Bible, praying, fellowshipping with your family, listening to the word of God as I'm speaking. But sometimes people get tired of having this follow through. They give up on good godly disciplines. They stop praying. They stop reading God's word. They stop living right. They stop fellowshipping with Christian people. The Bible says for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You see, consistent disciplines serve as a fuel that keep us on our path of destiny as we run to the finish line. Some of you, you need to press that consistency button in your life. You'll note that if you're not consistent, it's going to affect all other areas of your life. It's actually known that to be a finisher, you have to learn to be consistent. You have to make sure that you have follow through. You have to make sure that you run and you finish well, and you have to make sure that you maintain form. Now, let's ask ourselves some questions of being a finisher. Some of these questions will help you when you ask yourself. Here's the first question. First question is this that I want to ask you. Identify what is it in your life that you should stop doing. Because there are certain things, if we keep doing them, we are not going to finish. In other words, make sure that you get rid of everything that prevents you from achieving your goal. Some of you, it could be certain toxic friendships, toxic relationships. It could be things that you do in your own private disciplines. And here's the question. What actions are you taking? that are moving you away from the goal? Or what are the things that when you do, they stall your progress? Many people don't seem to become aware of things that become a burden and a handle, and these things slow us down. Secondly, what is it that you are working on now? That's my second question. What is it that you are working on now that will help you to finish well? In other words, you need to identify that there are certain things that you must continue doing. If you continue doing those things, you will be able to get to the finish line. You know, sometimes we have a wrong idea about succeeding or making it in life. Somehow people think that success comes as a big moment that just falls on you. But when you read the Bible and when you watch people who are succeeding, success is a journey. Success is not an event. And the secret of success, in the words of John Maxwell, lies in your daily agenda. In other words, if you look at what you do on a daily basis and analyze what you do on a daily basis, it's either taking you closer to success or further away from success. And so if there are things that you know as I'm doing these things that are helping me to move forward, keep doing those things and don't get tired in doing those things. Here's the third question. What are you doing currently that would make an impact towards your goal? In other words, you need to identify what is it 
that you need to start doing. Remember, moving forward in life, the secret of it is managing your journey in small steps. Very often people want to go for the big step and they want to go too fast. It's almost like, you know, Robert Oswaram China kind of thing, you know. We just want to see ourselves just there in a short space of time. But, you know, the way it's done is you've got to find a way to have the small steps before you run. Just like children, you have to learn how to wobble along and how to walk and how to take the small step before you can get to the goal. The fourth thing that we need to do is you need to be selective as to what you embark on. In other words, you've got to focus on the particular thing that you want to do. Too many times people have divided attentions or they start many things at the same time. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. He says, I have finished my cause. See, your cause and my cause are not the same. What God assigns you, what God wants you to do is not the same as what God assigns me and what God wants me to do. When you start on a project, especially on a project of a large scale, you need to be sure that is what God wants you to do in the first place. One of the teachers once said this, said a great Bible scholar, he said, one of the worst things in life is to go up the rung of success at a, at a fever pitch pace, and when you get to the top of the rung of that ladder, you find out that it's leaning against the wrong wall. So you need to know what's your purpose, what's your assignment. Number five, you need to also assess correctly the resources you have. Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, which of you intending to build a house or a tower doesn't set first sit down and count the cost, whether they're able to finish or not, lest they lay the foundation and they are not able to finish. And he says, then people will mock him and say, this man began to build and was not able to finish. You know, there are certain things that are rather too big for us to take on. Sometimes you have to first of all start with the small wins before you go for the big thing. And if you haven't managed the small things well, it might not be easy for you to handle the big assignment. So assess correctly how far you can go. Sit down and, and be, make a feasibility study. Now, we don't say we mustn't trust God. We don't say we don't believe in the God of miracles. But there are certain things that are way beyond, really, where we are and way beyond our capacity. And the sixth thing is stop being a perfectionist. Understand that in the path of victory, as you walk and run to the finish line, there will be times when you'll get discouraged. You will feel like failing. You will feel like giving up. This is what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says, I remind you, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. There are times when you need to talk to yourself. You need to stir yourself up. You need to shake yourself and say, I am going to the finish line. And number seven, commit to what you have started. Whatever you start, commit to it, knowing fully well that God is on your side. As I close, I want to give you just a few examples that I think will help you to understand. I once saw a biker who was in a race and he, he raced so well, this guy, leading the race all the way through the different laps. And then he came around the bend and, and it was the last lap, according to him, and he's racing to the finish line. He came to the finish line, raised his hands in victory, slowed down, and to his amazement and surprise, he saw the other bikers riding past him. 
For a while, he was confused and only to realize that he, has, he had miscounted the amount of laps. There was still one more lap to go, but he declared victory too early. By the time he woke up and tried to catch up with the other bikers, it was too late. And so he lost the race as a result of that. I want to advise you today, please don't declare victory too early. We are still at stage two, remember. We're not yet out of the woods yet. Even in your walk with God, don't declare the victory too early. Make sure you go to the finish line. You know, I'm a fan of boxing, and there's this one uh, a boxing match that I watched once, and it was quite an interesting match. I mean, two boxers. The one guy was a great boxer. I must give him the credit. I mean, great movements, and you can see this guy is skilled. And the guy he was fighting wasn't such a great boxer, very awkward and all of that. So this skilled boxer, you know, was leading this match on points all the way to the last round. But when he got to the last round, for whatever reason, this guy, he started joking around and playing around. This is what you call in boxing term showboating. So, you know, instead of keeping his hands up, keeping his guard and making sure he moves well, he put his hands to the side and he started teasing the other guy and doing all these funny movements. By some luck, the other awkward guy just swung awkwardly and just by some luck, caught the guy on the jaw, sent him down to the canvas, and the guy was counted out. Imagine, he was playing around just before the match could come to an end. Please don't declare victory too early. Make sure you run to the finish line. Make sure you, you maintain your form. You know, one of the interesting things that people who go into mountaineering tell us is that and as you are climbing up these mountains like Kilimanjaro and Everest, much as climbing up is so hard and it's so difficult and it's so dangerous, they say statistics show that there have been more fatalities of people on their descent as they were coming down the mountain. Because somehow, as people are coming down a very difficult mountain that they had to navigate for many days as they're coming down, even before they get there, they already think they have arrived. We must never get to the place where we think we have arrived. We must take the attitude to finish well. As we are running to the finish line in our own work with God, in our own corners and as a country, let us make sure we maintain form and we finish well. You know, I was thinking about it, looking at some of the matches that happened uh, just a week or so with the starting of the PSL. Quite interesting to note that the both matches that happened, you know, they were all nil-nil, but the one match that happened where the, 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 the other team equalized, they equalized almost the last minutes of the second round. And, you know, that's because, you know, sometimes players get into this habit that if they have, you know, if it's towards their stoppage time, they relax and they lose form. A very inspiring story that I want to close with of a man by the name of John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania. He ran in the Olympics in Mexico in the year 1968. This man, as he ran, he had an accident on the way and they had to bandage his leg. He was really hurt and injured, but he kept on running. We are told that all the other runners ran way ahead of him, came into the stadium. Those who were the first to come in won the medals. I mean, the ceremony was done. Everything was done. People started leaving the stadium. But this man, in spite of that, kept on running. 
He limps into the stadium with a few spectators in attendance. And as he's limping and going around the stadium, the few spectators who are there rose up to cheer him up. This man limped all the way to the finish line. And so the journalists were surprised by this to say, I mean, after all, the race is long finished. I mean, this guy is not even within the qualifying time. He's not going to get any medal. Not so many people were here to watch him. And then at the interview, they asked him the question. They said, why did you keep on running? And this was his response. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race, but my country sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. God wants you to finish the race. God wants us to finish the race. So let's maintain form. Let's run to the finish line. Let's make sure we don't get distracted. Let's make sure whatever is out there, we're not going to let anything distract us. Maybe it could be that you were a Christian at a point. You were a follower of Christ. You could have been raised in a home where they followed God and you went to church. You prayed. You did all those things. But somewhere on the way, you got tired or you got distracted. It could be maybe you started on some mission somewhere, you know, to follow God and you may not have been raised in a home like that, but somehow you started connecting with God, but on the way you gave up. But it could be that maybe you never even started on that journey. And today, as you've been listening to the word, you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him in your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. I want to bring you before God this morning in prayer. All we need to do is to humble ourselves before the Almighty God and have God come into our lives, change us, and make us God's children. Will you join me now in prayer as we pray together? If you want to receive Christ, join me right now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I receive Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for praying that prayer. It could be as well that uh, maybe you've gotten tired of certain disciplines. You'd started on a path, but somehow you just got tired and you just got distracted. Please remember, you can start again. You can start again. I also want to pray for you. You need healing, soundness, and wholeness where you are. You know, this is a time when there's so much pain in our nation. I want to pray with you right now, even as we pray for our nation. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for these, your children, who may be lying in a bed, sick at home, those who need your divine intervention. I pray that you will intervene in their lives right now through the power of the name of Jesus. Bring about healing, soundness, and wholeness. And Father, we also continue to pray for our nation, thanking you so much for your divine intervention. We will always give you praise, honor, glory, and adoration as you continue to help us and to move us forward. We're looking forward to the time when we will totally come out of this lockdown and we will see people's lives being spared and people being saved and even 
the vaccine being found. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.